we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Hello, friends. Hello. Uh, I regret to inform you that, in fact, we're not real. I'm not real. You're not real. I'm not real. Will is not real. Listener, you're not real either. No, they're real. Oh, okay. In fact, listener, you, you listening now, you are God. You are God. Your own wonderful human imagination is the Lord God, and the Lord Jesus Christ is you with the power of your own wonderful human imagination. And your subconscious just decided that you needed to hear this right now, so it invented me, Sequoia Kennedy, and... Me, Willow Truman. This is the Nonsense Bazaar, a figment of your imagination. Hello. I want to be God. You are God. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so are you? Yeah. Okay. I, I can't not say be. that I am. Only well, you could. You could. I mean, you only okay. really know that you exist. Oh, my God. Yeah. So then what are you? Who are you? How'd you get in my house? I'm the best goddamn figment of your imagination <laughs> you'll ever meet. You're so realistic. Ah, am I? Eh. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sure I definitely smell real right yeah. now. <laughs> uh, Stinky. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm out there. Gonna do so welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. Uh, today, yes, we're talking about the power of the imagination and... Uh, your own wonderful human imagination and the spiritual beliefs and teachings of a man called the Mad Mystic of 48th Street, Neville Lancelot Goddard. Yes. Yeah. He's the miracle on 48th Street. He's the miracle on 48th Street. Okay. Yeah. Um, also known as just Neville. Yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get to that, but yeah. I'll probably just refer to him as Neville for most of this. Yeah, it's a good uh, and his middle name is Lancelot. Yes, just to note, just another another thing that keeps ticking through our episodes. A weird. Oh yeah, strain. right. Mm -hmm. It's a tie into uh, the King Arthur yeah. bit from Drowned God. So we're definitely gonna have to. I'm feeling pulled to King Arthur. I'm, I'm feeling pulled to making a giant cork board of yeah, all of our yeah, like yeah. topics and the connections between them. We should. Let's get a cork board. I'll buy a big fucking cork <laughs> Every board. Every good conspiracy podcast, well, not necessarily a conspiracy podcast, but one that deals in conspiracy needs a cork board. Yeah. Every good crazy person needs a cork board. Yes. Yeah. And we need a big one. Yes. Anyway, so after covering some like deeply affecting stories, deeply stupid stories and just straight up ridiculous bullshit, I wanted to take uh, a look at a story where literally nothing bad happens. No death. Yay. No murder. No murder. Yay. No, no, no international banking cabal. Okay, great. No holograms. Damn and, it. And no piss drinking. And no William Burroughs or? No William Burroughs. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is before his time. And no anti-Semitism. Yay. I, I don't think. Okay. I mean, well, you'll have to be the judge of that, but I don't think so. We're on the lookout for it. Be, yeah. We're always on the lookout. Yeah. So if you've heard uh, Neville Goddard's name before... It's probably in the context of the more like woo-woo, desperate and destructive strains of uh, thought that make up the modern new age. The uh, live, laugh, love uh, spirituality is anything that suits my current narcissistic conception of self-culture. You know, a word now, unfortunately inseparable from Neville is uh, a word I know you hate quite a bit. <coughs> mm, mm, 
manifesting. Yeah. yeah, I know. But trust me on this one. The reason I want to talk about him is because in spite of the cringy bullshit associated with this stuff beneath it, Neville Goddard was one of the most unique, consistent, and truly fucking weird and wacky metaphysical minds of the 20th century. And he he sort of slipped under the radar while still being like really impactful and uh, influential. Like his ideas have made it throughout like what we consider modern American spirituality. And he was also just an interesting character and of himself. He was a leading man on Broadway and in vaudeville uh, dance shows. He was a gift actor, singer and dancer who just got real fucking spooky all of a sudden. At, well, we'll talk, talk about when and kind of the narrative is that uh, well, he left it all behind to become an occult speaker. But it also happened to be in the year 1929, uh, which there's right afterwards, there wasn't a lot of work for uh, dancers in the mm-hmm. U.S. You got to do something. And he would have been about what, like 26 at the time? Well, he would have been 24. Okay. If yeah. So the thing about Neville's philosophy that's super interesting to me is that it's kind of a gamble if you choose to ascribe to his particular uh, techniques for manifesting your desires. It's kind of a gamble because either he's completely correct or you're throwing yourself into complete delusion and the ignorance of your present life. Uh, While Ram Ram Dass said, be here now, Neville said, ignore the now and live in the end. Like, remove yourself from your present moment, right? Yeah, in the forever and nothing in the in the all or in the end yeah uh, and we'll get into like more of what the fuck that means because i know yeah. it's kind of confusing but i just wanted to say it's already got you going huh yeah which is a thing that like the power I mean, of positive thinking doesn't do right because you know it depends really on on what you're manifesting you know like well if this if you want to believe this or not <laughs> I would hope that like you're trying to use it to improve your life. Oh, you see, that doesn't that doesn't matter. You can do. I mean, you should only improve your life, but you can use it for. Oh, right, because your life isn't real. Well, you are create. You are your life is the out picturing of your own internal head. Okay. Everyone is you pushed out. Oh my god. Yeah. Like I just don't like that concept. <laughs> <laughs> it like it. It creeps me out a little bit. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. So, you know, this dude was perhaps crazy, but, you know, famed occultist Israel Regardi uh, called his work the ultimate expression of philosophical idealism. Mm-hmm. And so it is It is interesting. And, of course, there's more to it than what we've just said, and no philosophy or philosopher should be taken completely or unquestioningly. To do so would end in delusion and ignorance, no matter who we're talking about. But Neville's philosophy has made its way into damn near all of modern magical practice. Uh, you can see his techniques and ideas in everything. But like until very, very, very recently, he was like completely unknown. Uh, his even as recently as a year ago, uh, this dude didn't have a Wikipedia page, despite his near ubiquitous influence and a whole bunch of bullshit. And I guess that Wikipedia page was deleted for like not being important or relevant. But like this dude has a a following. You know, and he in- influenced all of the bullshit. And I say bullshit on purpose because, like you, I have a deep, like you, Willow, I have a deep, deep mistrust and uh, frenzied loathing of everything that falls under the banner of the law of attraction. Okay, I'm not mistrustful and loathing of it, oh, but I, I do. <laughs> I think that I don't know. It's like watered down. 
you know yeah. it's like um magic for babies yeah a little bit yeah and like do you want babies to have magic is that a good idea no it's it's like giving a it's like giving a chihuahua it's like giving a chihuahua bazooka yeah i don't know if they figure <laughs> out how to work it but it's dangerous because mm-hmm. they might step on the wrong thing they might yes and yeah like the uh the so-called law of attraction is like many other tenets of the modern commercialized new age co-opted from much deeper more robust and less easily dismissible right. philosophies other than just also like i widely see it just referred to as LOA online. Yeah, abbreviations need to just stop. Yeah. And by the way, should we explain what law of attraction is real quick? Sure, yeah. I sort of feel like... I guess I could kind of just assume that everybody knows what that is. They don't, though. That's so fucked up. I just live a weird life. It's fine. It's Um, kind of what it sounds like. The purpose of it is to attract something to you. Yeah, like if you... You know, if you, if, think if you it, yeah, it'll if, come. Yeah, if you're like broke, all you got to do is just like not is think about being wealthy, like yep. thinking about that. Oh, I'm not worried about money, and then it'll come to you because fucking magnetism or some damn thing. Uh, well, so what's the difference between that and denial? Well, deny. Does it require a certain amount of like denial to really truly like like perform the law of attraction? Neville's uh how do do you deal with that aspect of it because like you can tell yourself like oh I have money even though you don't but that's not going to get your bills paid you know yeah right so yeah I mean there's holes yeah you can poke holes if you want (laughs) (laughs) it's real easy to do yeah I guess it, it might make you like um feel more hopeful about the future perhaps you know it's it's always good to think positively i suppose yeah (laughs) no it's it's true i mean but like you could you know if you don't want to go whole hog on it you could say like well maybe like you could think if you if you think from a position of abundance like you'll value yourself more and you'll be easier for you to get a promotion or some shit like that's true yes yeah Uh, yeah that i get neville says fuck that (laughs) everything you imagine Picture out pictures itself in the world because you are the God of Abraham. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to be that. Yeah. I don't want to be that God. Yeah. So, you know, but to get back to the, the law of attraction and uh, it, it, it comes from a philosophy called new thought that came to prominence in America around the turn of the 20th century. And new thought has been called the American religion and has influenced American culture, for better or worse, uh, perhaps more than any other philosophical current in the last 100 years. Anyone who hasn't been living under a rock their entire lives has heard the names of the new thought, uh, yeah, let's call them classics. The Power of Positive Thinking, Think and Grow Rich, and The Secret. I will say that the most interesting one of those three books by far is Think and Grow Rich. It's a dog shit title, but like, that's from that early 20th century. Think and grow uh-huh. rich. You know, the power of positive thinking. You know, that right. like fucking bullshit. The secret is more like 21st century though, no? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. the secret The secret was. And that's why it's called the secret. It's right. like, it's vague and it's still just mm-hmm. as like. It's like, dick-headish. don't you want to find out what the secret is? Right. Whereas like back in the 100 years ago, it was like, think and grow rich. Yeah. <laughs> but like dog shit title, but that was the style at the time. And uh, Napoleon Hill was actually... A hell of an interesting uh, thinker, Judy wrote thing grew rich, but that's a different story. And as we go through this, some people say, "Hey, though, that sounds like Hermeticism." Uh, to them, I say, 
no, it doesn't. And the only reason you're thinking that is because you've only read the Kybalion or Kybalion, whatever the fuck, which is itself actually not a hermetic text like in any fucking way, but actually written by the New Thought author, William Walker Atkinson. So like this. So boom, in your face. Well, the point is that like it, the New Thought thing has permeated like through every aspect of even slightly spooky American culture. And like really none of these people or books deserve any more attention on the nonsense bizarre than that. Perhaps someday like cover some more wacky shit from it, but like today is not that day. Uh, among the early new thought pioneers, one bad dude stands above the rest, like really, really far above the rest. Because although who, who? Neville Lancelot Goddard. Oh, he's, he's not a bad dude though. If anything, he's, he's a bad like, dude. he's a square kind of, I, I don't think so. He's kind of a bad dude. Okay. I'll give him that. He's a bad dude. All right. Dude, he's just he's like... He's a bad boy? He's he's fucking slugging a bottle of wine at lunch and conjuring shit with his head. Yeah, okay. That's true. Yeah. No, he's kind of a bad dude. Um, I don't al- know. Although- it's just hard to reconcile, like, bad dude with ballet dancer. But people have multitudes. Uh, Cody's a ballet dancer. And he's a bad dude. He's a bad dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> shout out to Cody. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Cody. <laughs> Fucking, but yeah. So although Neville was a contemporary of the New Thought uh, people, and his ideas were subsumed into it, Neville was far more of a mystic, mad prophet, and magician than any of his contemporaries. Yeah, he was a mystic, and his philosophy and cosmology is at once like simple and accessible, yet truly radical and potentially reality shattering. And I do believe it would have driven many more people straight up fucking crazy if it hadn't been delivered with like the grace, poise, and fantastic accent that Neville had. It does have a fantastic voice. So put simply, Neville preached that the Bible was nothing more than one giant metaphor for a single truth. God is nothing more than your own wonderful human imagination. And also you are the only thing that exists in this world. You, you listening right now, you are God and you are all there is. I'm not real. Your subconscious decided that you needed to hear this and so it invented me saying these words. You are God. Your experience of the world is nothing but your own projection. And anything, anything at all, absolutely anything at all can be yours if you simply imagine it. Not imagine it and then do it. Not make a vision board. Not some metaphor or well sorta, but simply imagining the feeling of the wish fulfilled will eventually bring that thing to you. Anything. No, literally anything. You are God. Full stop. Okay. I have a wish. Okay. I wish that I was only two inches tall and that I lived in a little shoebox. Well, you have to... I'm going to pretend that we're in a shoebox right now, yes. and it's awesome. Yeah, I have to tell you, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm pretending You're that I'm it. two inches tall right now, and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so cool. It. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so is it literally just, like, using your imagination and playing, like, pretend a little bit? Yeah, but to the but to the extent of shutting where out, like, I mean, shutting but still, out the truth, but the still act, real. He has a principle of, like, giving unto Caesar what is Caesar's and giving unto the Lord what is the Lord's means, like, act in the material world as if you're still there, but in your head live somewhere else okay i'm in that shoebox and like (laughs) it's so cool i can't believe that like our laptops are so tiny and they're working like how are we able to get electricity this tiny size of like microprocessors yeah yeah wow (laughs) and that cat (laughs) oh and weed would be so cheap if i was two inches tall too i like (laughs) everything would be cheap like you, <laughs> you wouldn't need very much money to live at all if you were super tiny you would be able to carry money around um that's true or like a friend. 
I'd have to have a big person act as my proxy. <laughs> Every little tiny person would have a big. Yeah. Oh my God. In this society. Okay. This is a ridiculous society. It's gone beyond I'm, our shoebox now. This is my wish. Okay. All right. Well, thanks I'll, Neville. I'll teach you how to uh, make that come true later on. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, because we'll get into the actual techniques of how Neville said to go about imagining things from a godly perspective a bit later on. But I will say that Neville's system is the only magical system that ever gave me a clear-cut result. One both very simple and intensely unlikely. And I'll talk about that later because it's fucking funny and worthy of discussion. Um, so disclaimer, I don't believe anything. I've read enough crazy people's books that I really have no easily definable beliefs, or I might, but they're irrelevant. And for our purposes, I am an extreme agnostic. Mm -hmm. I don't know shit. And whether or not Neville's techniques work does not reflect on the truth of his philosophy. Or Personally, I find that philosophy quite unsettling. And his analysis of the Bible is in some parts pretty mind-blowing, but in others, it's stretchier than Stretch Armstrong. Stretchier than Silly Putty. Yeah. So first, I want to talk about Neville's life, because to hear him tell it, his life was chock full of events and reality-breaking acts of magic that sound like fucking bullshit. Some of these tales have been at least partially validated. The sources I'm using today are Neville's own books and recordings and a book called Magician of the Beautiful by Mitch Horowitz. That's uh, beautiful. That yeah. title is beautiful. Yeah. So despite being a self-confessed devotee of Neville Goddard, Horowitz does try to analyze Neville's life and teaching skeptically and to point out where he disagrees with him, where he thinks Neville was embellishing for flavor and exactly what he could verify and what he could not. Hmm. And I do really appreciate his ability to tread the line between writing about a personal hero and philosophy he thinks people should know about and taking an unbiased skeptical view of said hero. And honestly, the same can be said for Neville himself, who never charged for lectures. He allowed the free recording and distribution of his lectures, like the fucking Grateful Dead, and he never renewed his copyrights on his books, so nearly all of them are in the public domain. Awesome. He and you know, for sorry to yeah. interrupt, no, but for someone that had such like out there beliefs, he fucking kept it together, man. Like he, did. Yeah. he had a very successful career despite, you know, having these yeah. far out um he consumptions. Lived his best of, life. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, if he was living this truth and what he preached, then it's probably a pretty good life for him. Yeah. Yeah. And like there's shit like, um, you know, t Tim teaching his family this stuff and then his family going from like lower middle class to uh, owning an empire of grocery stores in the Caribbean. Right. And also, you know, in that way, maybe his idea of like getting abundance through law of attraction, it worked. Yeah. You could say that it worked. Yeah, it might not have yeah. been like his literal philosophy being true, but maybe there's something true here. Right. And he also flatly invited both the credulous and incredulous to test what he was saying for themselves and to, to verify or disprove it on their own and, and warned against taking anything he said said for face value. He was like, try it tonight. Don't just, you know, don't just don't just take my word for it. Like fucking find out for yourself if what I'm saying is true or not. Right. You know, and I appreciate that. Let's hear from the man himself and then talk about his life. As we are told in Corinthians, do you not realize that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail to meet the test. Now we are challenged. He said, come test yourself and see. Well, this is how I test myself. If Christ is in me and all things are possible to Christ, then I must find out who he is. Well, I have found him as my own wonderful human imagination. And because he dwells not only in me, he dwells in us, everything is possible to everyone in the world. And so you help man best by telling him who Christ is. You could give him all the things of the world that he needs. 
he'll come back for more tomorrow unless he knows who Christ is. For we are the operant power. It doesn't work itself. I can tell you that your imagination is Christ. And maybe you'll believe me. But unless you actually take it to the point of working upon it and operating it, it means nothing. Well, if this night I really believe it, I would not allow the sun to go down in my sleep unless I feel myself right into the situation of the wish fulfilled. It need not a wish for myself, it could be a wish for a friend, for everyone in my world, because Christ dwells in all and Christ is the true identity of every man, then everyone must be myself pushed out. It can't be another if God is one. Therefore I tell myself as the seeming other what I would do were I you. What would you feel like if now you were the man that you want to be? How would you see the world if things were as you desire them to be? Now, this is what I mean by living in the end. Okay. Up to to this point, I agree with, like, what he's saying. Yeah. I get it. Like, yeah. that Christos consciousness. Yeah. Like... That whole business of God is within you and, you know, everything is one and other people are just like you projected out back yeah. to you. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like I get, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Like he actually, he's, when I say he's a mystic, I mean it, mm-hmm. you know, like he had his way of preaching the, the, the spooky, you know, it, it, it's definitely clear that he touched the same thing that like the other crazy people who are still coherent uh, <laughs> touch. You yes. know what I mean? Like uh, any, any of the mystics and prophets, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they all sound pretty similar in what they're yeah, saying. They all have that, um, that message of like, Hey, we're all one. Yeah. That's pretty much like the message that you see repeated again and again and again by these types. Yeah. And then he goes, and because we're all one, you can make anything happen in the world. Mm-hmm. The, the operant power. Neville Lancelot Goddard was born a British citizen on the island of Barbados on February 19th, 1905. A Pisces. And I mean, <laughs> his entire philosophy in life is also like the best example of what the Pisces archetype is. Yeah. Right? Like to a fucking T. Uh-huh. Um, in 1922, the 17-year-old Neville moved to New York City to study theater. He became a professional ballet and ballroom dancer. He starred in silent films, and he toured Europe as part of a dance troupe. And this is all in the in the 20s. While touring Europe, uh, Neville met a spooky Scotsman. They, it, they, okay. Any story about him says that he met a Scotsman that he talked occultism with while he was touring Europe. Uh-huh. And... After, like, that's what triggered his interest in mysticism and shit. And I do have to wonder, like, who the spooky Scotsman was. Like, I don't have any guesses as to what it is, but I do wonder, like, was it, like... Or was, uh, was it a random guy? Or was it, like, McGregor, uh, Samuel McGregor Mathers? Like, really? the head of the Golden Dawn or some yeah, shit, I talking in a fake Scottish accent because he wanted to be Scottish really bad and change his name to... Matt. That would just be very funny. Or, well, I guess Curly didn't uh, speak with a Scottish accent, but he did live at Loch Ness at the time, I believe. Whoever it was, it was probably one of Harry Horse's past lives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> certainly. Yes. Certainly, certainly. So after meeting the spooky Scotsman and getting introduced to occultism, uh, you know, he went back to New York. And in 1929, Neville had a uh, mystical experience upon waking early in the morning, he says, uh, and in which he was taken up to the place like where the, end quote, where the gods hold counsel. Like, he saw the whole thing for some damn reason upon waking up early in the morning. And then after having this mystical experience, he quit theater and devoted himself to mystic studies. He gave up fame and fortune as an actor to study spooky bullshit. 
or the economy went to fucking shit and he couldn't find work, which is how every last one of us got into occultism. (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, he does say that like it was after... 19 the crash of 1929 when like mm-hmm. you know he was he says like people couldn't afford to eat like it, is anyone who can't afford to eat gonna pay to go see a dance troupe like no nah, yeah. i cannot find, find work unlikely seems unlikely so he studied the spooky on his own for a couple of years and if it sounds like we're like rushing through it it's because like there really isn't all that much he didn't talk about himself that much he had this like series of stories that he told and like you can verify the things he did say but like a lot of his shit isn't really that well known you would think one of his nine siblings might like have talked about him somewhere. I mean, they. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Because like he. Because that's a shitload of siblings. It is. A shitload I have of to siblings. imagine that. I don't know. I mean, I think they have. I mean, I get yeah. uh, in Magician of the Beautiful. Mitch Mitch Horowitz says that his his daughter doesn't discuss him, doesn't discuss discuss his works or anything, but like wished him well. Um, okay. The book he was writing, you know. Yeah, it seems like they kind of keep to themselves. Like his daughter didn't want to talk about him and shit. Like I don't know for like what. Like I don't want to talk about that. You know what I mean? Or if it's yeah, just or like they or just I don't like discuss- their privacy. Right. Exactly. You know? After studying on his own for a couple of years, Neville says he met a teacher, a mysterious teacher, a man named Abdullah, an 80-year-old Ethiopian man of Jewish descent. Neville says they worked together for many years, and Abdullah instructed him in Kabbalah, numerology, and other occult philosophies. Oh my God. This is an interesting thing. Because at 80, like that, the, the, the special teacher, yeah, the secret chief, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like it's uh, fucking, you know, everybody has one of these. I was going to say, I like, I can't find the stupid word for it, <laughs> 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 but you know how, like, like when you're learning about these esoteric subjects, usually at a certain point, people will acquire a, 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 a master's a, not a master no (laughs) no like uh i don't know imaginary friend (laughs) maybe a tulpa tulpa maybe oh my god what if abdullah was a tulpa he might have been yeah the uh, new thought author joseph murphy also said that he studied with abdullah too okay which like i kind of think he was just trying to ride his coattails Mm. i don't know i don't know anything Mm -hmm. about joseph murphy but yeah so there's no proof of an ethiopian jew named abdullah in new york at the time i mean how how are you gonna find proof well because apparently this dude was like neville gave his address he was like oh he lived here and you know and there but there were a couple people mitch horowitz like dug into this a bit and he he basically came to the conclusion like i can't say one way or another he thinks that uh abdullah was probably a name for like a, a, a a couple people mashed together yeah you know right but it's also if you were if you were going to make up a believable teacher at that time like it wasn't until decades later that it was proven that that there were people in ethiopia with jewish descent like there were claims of that for a long time but it wasn't like like westerners pretty much laughed at all Oh, there are though right there are Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah no that's a real thing Right. But back in the in 1929 or whatever, in the 30s, like it wasn't really considered like that wasn't necessarily a believable story. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were going to lie about something like, why wouldn't you just say a rabbi? Yeah. You know what I mean? And he tell like, yeah. So like Mitch Horowitz says, it's probably like uh, one name given like it, it. What the fuck is the word for a conglomeration, a comp, a composite character? Yeah. Abdul is probably a composite character of some people he met in, in New York City. And there were actually some 
dudes who could have been Abdullah too, like that fit the description entirely. Turbaned Ethiopian dudes who said they were, were Jewish. Um, you know, regardless, it could be entirely false or just a dude with a pseudonym or Abdullah could be a composite character of some underground New York occult scene. It's hard to say because this dude features like prominently in a lot of his stories. And he, like he says when the last time he heard from him was. I trust like, Neville. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, sure. Maybe this was Why the not? only maybe this was the only time this actually happened. Yeah. Of the eight hundred fucking versions of this story. Yeah, you know, Carlos Castaneda with Don Juan, who uh interestingly he he came up with his philosophy after reading uh Neville Goddard after his There you go. Yeah. Um But maybe completely real, or maybe Abdullah just it was like the version of Neville that Neville held in his head. You know, his like his spooky thinky persona. Abdullah does become a fairly central character in how Neville's life progressed. And here's a quote from Neville on meeting Abdullah for the first time. He said, When I first met my friend Abdullah back in 1931, I entered a room where he was speaking, and when the speech was ended, he came over, extended his hand, and said, Neville, you are six months late. I had never seen the man before. So I said, I am six months late? How do you know me? And he replied, The brothers told me you were coming and you are six months late. Okay. Well, according to Neville, uh, Abdullah and he then studied together for a long time, and Abdullah taught him the secret truth of Scripture, that everything in the Old and New Testaments is a metaphor for the power of the imagination. The God of Abraham is your own wonderful human imagination. The Tetragrammaton, uh, yod vav is actually a formula for creation. The crucifixion of Christ is pinning the feeling you would have had your dreams come true to your consciousness and keeping it there. And I'm going to play another. Actually, I kind of like this interpretation. That's a that's a fun way to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, nothing bad happens in this story. Yeah, this is just kind of a cool dude. Like, so I'm gonna play a quote from Neville's lecture: "God's law and His promise." He wasn't surprised. I wouldn't even call him to tell him because he was not given that way. He was trying to teach me a lesson. You believe in God, believe in me also. Well, the one speaking is God. It's the God in you, your own wonderful human imagination. If you say, I believe in God, everyone here believes in God, but do you believe in your own wonderful human imagination as God? If the word God conveys the sense of an existent something outside of you, you have the wrong God. Because you are the temple of the living God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. Test yourselves and see, do you not believe that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail to meet the test. Well, if he is in me, find out who he is and where he is. Well, I have found him to be my own wonderful human imagination. That's the God in me. It's the God in you. Okay, again, I dig it. I agree. Yeah. Like, I'm not a follower of Jesus Christ, But, like, whenever I feel spooky, like, weird, paranoid, scared, I guess, something that I will do is just be like, Jesus, please, like, protect me, like, inside my head. And then I stop being, like, scared, even though, like, I'm not a follower of Christ or anything. I'm Jewish, for fuck's sake. (laughs) But, like, that works to combat my fear see what i do is i grab a broom and i wave it around my house going get out of here jesus get out of here go away yeah. go away <laughs> right no that's not true at all no it's I mean, it's definitely it's a powerful fucking archetype mm-hmm. i've talked a lot of shit on jesus on this show already we're only 15 episodes yeah. in i, I managed I to do am... it every episode 
I don't know. I think he's sexy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I like Jesus. He protects me. Big, strong man looks out for you. Yeah. <laughs> he's a magic man. Is is your magic man Jesus, white Jesus? No. No, okay. He's tan. He's bronze. He's, bronze he's oily, Jesus. too. God damn it. <laughs> he's all sweaty and shiny. I've been outdone in yeah. 10 seconds. <laughs> he has killer abs. <laughs> we have the anti-Semitism button. <laughs> I like that's just something you can keep it on you. I like that my mom had this. I know. Ah. So we have one now. Excellent. Okay. Ah. <laughs> wow. Hell yeah. And wait. This is for when someone's a quack. <laughs> oh, stop it. That's enough. That's enough, Fatty. <laughs> Okay. Hell yeah. Okay. All right. For, for that, I don't mind being interrupted. No. <laughs> Along with the, the theoretical stuff, Abdullah also taught Neville the secrets of mental causation, that we each have our own universe that we live in, and we, were, we are the cause for every single thing we experience. What we assume to be true will be true, but only if you live in the end. That is, if you deny the reality of your material experiences and inwardly live as though the thing you wish for is already yours. And this is where Neville's most well-known techniques first come about. There are two essential components to the main Neville manifestation technique, right? The first is the state of awareness known as hypnagogia, what Neville calls the uh, state akin to sleep. Right. So that's the place right before you fall asleep where your mm -hmm. imagination is working in overdrive, and you have like the great ideas that you think, I'll definitely remember this in the morning. Yeah, and then you, no. you forget them every time. Uh, I think it was fucking, which one of those? I know Isaac Newton was one of the guys who had this trick. And I think Einstein did too. They would take naps with uh, like heavy metal balls in their hand. And when they were, when they fell asleep, right before they fell asleep, they would drop them, they would make a noise and would wake them up because they would have their best ideas in the hypnagogic state. Ah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a crazy state. And Neville calls it the state akin to sleep. Um, the second component is what Neville calls the feeling of the wish fulfilled. That is, the feeling of what it would be like to already have the wish fulfilled. To achieve this, Neville says to get into a state of hypnagogia and imagine a scene from the first person, a short scene that implies that the wish has already been fulfilled. So if, say, you wanted a car, right? You wouldn't imagine how cool it would be to drive that car or how excited you'd be to have it because like those emotions kind of disappear after you get something, right? Mm -hmm. Instead, you'd imagine something like a person dear to you congratulating you on getting a new car or like someone saying, whoa, how'd you get two inches tall? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I downsized. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and then you, so then you play that scene over and over and over and over until you fall asleep in the assumption that you already have this thing. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So here's Neville telling a story of being flat broke and wanting to go back to Barbados to see his family for the first time in years and how he applied this technique. I said to Abdullah, Ab, you know, I've been gone from Barbados for almost 12 years and it's almost 12 years. I've never had a desire to go back, but now I have a hungry desire, a haunting desire to go to Barbados. 
Not a thing stops me but the lack of money. I have no money. He said to me, you are in Barbados. I said, I'm in Barbados? He said, yes, you are now in Barbados. And so you see Barbados and you see America from Barbados and you can smell the tropical land of Barbados and that's all you do. You just simply sleep this night in Barbados. Well, I thought him insane, really. I mean, at the moment, it seemed so stupid. But nevertheless, that night, I slept in Barbados. I assumed that I'm in Barbados in my mother's home. And then I saw America relative to Barbados. Well, the next day, I didn't tell him anything. But a week later, when nothing happened, I thought I would approach him. I said, you know, Ab, there is no, uh, not a thing has happened. He wouldn't discuss it with me. He turned his back on me and went into his little library and slammed the door. He would never discuss it. On the basis, how can he discuss with me how I am going to Barbados when I am already in Barbados? That's stupid to discuss how I'm going to go when I am in Barbados. And if I am faithful to my assumption, I can't discuss the how. I am already there. And so, yeah, that's just a story of the teacher, Abdullah. Right. You know, right. And how he uh, and how he taught him. Which is, it's super similar to the ways, it's Obi-Wan fucking Kenobi from Star Wars, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's every one of these stories of the mystical teacher, which I think, I mean, that to me is a point in the column of not real, because just how fucking classic hero's journey, mm -hmm. uh, you know, hero with a thousand faces shit, uh, Abdullah acts in these stories oh so and the uh the sleeping technique um you don't have to do that at night either uh, neville himself would apparently use this technique in the afternoon at roughly 3 p.m he would eat lunch and drink a whole bottle of wine and then go a conjuring so he was excellent uh, he was a drinker neville fucking he slugged wine like nobody's business wow yeah and he says you know you can use this uh for conjuring spirits well, no, he never talked about spirits. Yeah, that, well, he was drinking spirits. He was drinking spirits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he said, like, you can use this for other people, too, you know, because there's no ethical question because everyone is you pushed out, right? Which is where it gets a little shady. But he says, like, don't use it for harm. But then it's also like, well, if you're if it really is everybody you pushed out, like, what does it matter? Mm -hmm. Whatever. But uh, after studying with Abdullah, Neville became a professional metaphysical speaker and author. But he never charged for his lectures. I think he made most of his money from his lectures from sponsorship. Cool. Yeah. Like, you know, a company would hang a banner or something. Or like, he'd say like, I imagined the most wonderful fizzy beverage. And then they made Pepsi or some shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. But he also did self-published books. And I imagine he charged for those. Although he did let the copyrights run out. And they're now all in public domain. After being a professional madman for a while, uh, about... 10 years or so, World War II happened, and Neville got drafted. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's no place for Neville. That's no place for Neville. He does not belong <laughs> no. anywhere near You don't want Neville Goddard on the sands of Iwo Jima? No, no. <laughs> yeah, he was not G.I. Joe, and he knew that, and he wanted out, and he was 38 years old at the time, and there was a provision that men who turned 38 before March 1st, 1943 were eligible to apply to be honorably discharged. And so he was like, well, you know what? I'm going to use the power of my own wonderful human imagination to get out of here. I'm going to file that, that thing because I'm 38 and I want out. And so he applied and he got rejected. Now, Neville says that he then decided to go into full magic power mode. Yeah. And, uh, Every day he would imagine that he was home with his wife and daughter, sleeping in his bed, not an army cot, that the walls were not those of his army barracks, but those of his New York house. And uh, after nine days, Neville says that an officer came up to him and said, uh, hey, Private Goddard, would you still like that discharge? 
And Neville said, yes, please. And he got out. And like that one Lucky is, him. is hard to believe, right? Because uh, like, Yeah. That one also, you could confirm that probably. Mitch Horowitz did. Okay. Yeah. And he, it's true? It's true. Oh, righteous. Yeah. Ooh. Um, are, the lights are, the lights are doing spooky things right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like thundering and doing all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Wins a, wins a whipping. Yeah, it sounds like a banshee. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, Mitch Horowitz looked into this and... Horowitz found his draft card. He got a hold of his draft card. He like called the people at the base he was he was at and shit. Yeah, he was honorably discharged. And the reason for Neville's discharge is it's he's listed as having an essential civilian occupation. He's a dad. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they cared though. They were sending all sorts of dads to die on the fucking yeah, beaches. Yeah, well. This motherfucker's dreaming up Bible codes and getting plastered at lunchtime and conjuring bullshit <laughs> out of the ether. Essential. <laughs> the RMC says an essential civilian yes, occupation. Return him to the civilians. You know, yeah. he is single-handedly keeping his town's liquor store like, <laughs> yeah. in business. The Mad Mystic of 48th yeah. Street. <laughs> also strange is that Horowitz asked, like, he was a able-bodied dude. At the age, you were still drafting people. Dishonor, like, it's not dis. If I said dishonorable, I I didn't mean that. It's honorably discharged. But like, you denied him the first time, and then just like said, "Hey, you want that discharge? Why?" And the dude was like, "Well, funny thing about that. Uh, after Neville's death, um, all of those records were destroyed in a fire." Oh my god! Of yeah, course, of, we got they fucking course. were. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I think he he might have just blown the right person to make it happen. Maybe, or maybe someone higher up had heard his his talks or something. Was yeah, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> or wi- I'm wildly speculating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just blew- <laughs> yeah. I thought you were just like saying things to say things that you were actually suggesting that as a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what other... It's a possibility. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Yes. Anything's possible. Mm-hmm. They're in wonderful <laughs> even imagination. <laughs> yes. Anything you imagine is true. Yep. So, okay. Anything at all, good or evil, anything at all you desire can be yours if you delude your, if if you delude yourself and reject reality and assume that it is and feel as though you already have it because the one true God is your own wonderful human imagination. How do you feel about that, Willow? I think it's fun um, for sometimes, but not for 24-7. Yeah. 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 Like, apply it when you need it because, like, how... You know, how cool, how fun, how useful. Yeah, if real. Yes, but like for all the time, nah. Nah. Yeah. And uh, the mechanics for how this would work, because if you're still looking for like mechanics at this point, I don't know (laughs) why, but like serial universes, you know, parallel dimensions, quantum bullshit. That's, you know, the many worlds hypothesis Mm -hmm. would be the answer to that. You know, there's an infinite number of universes. We're all living in one of uh, of them. Yeah. And we intercross, you know, from time to time. So Neville continued speaking until his death in 1972 at the age of 67. He did a lot of drinking. Not that old. Yeah. Um, Although, I don't know, if you're drinking like a bottle of wine or two every day, 67's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And he did a lot of shit, too, from self-publishing more books, having a radio show, although no episodes exist anymore. To continuing his free lectures, Neville just kept doing what he was doing. 
As he got older, his lectures became weirder and more mystical, talking less about how to get the things you desire and more about his like mystical direct experiences of divinity. His work gets a bit hard to follow at this point, um, but as far as I can tell, Neville experienced a vision that showed him that, yeah, God is mind and conditioned awareness and the creative power of God in man is Jesus. All of us, when we tap into that creative power, become Christ. But here's where it gets kind of, kind of wiggity. Wiggity whack or just wiggity? Wiggity whack. Oh, okay. Shit. Yeah. What he said was that he saw, he had this vision of him himself pregnant and giving birth to a baby boy was it himself no it was david of like the biblical david awesome yeah and he was like holding this child that he had just given birth to um and he realized that this is the promise the law the law is the law of mental causation the promise is that like we all of us right now are jesus christ us who are learning how to we are the creative power right and they're like the reason um the reason anything good or evil can be done with mental causation is because because we're divine well what god is doing is living out all possible experiences all possible human experiences and once that is done the co there's this coalescence of all possible human experiences into one new thing and that's david the child and that's the promise that we will all experience that one day that we'll all give birth to david that's what he says yeah. Uh, okay. He kind of sounds like he's not like speaking in metaphor with that, but I think it's a metaphor for like for like being the creator of like well, the new race or, or the like new the like next thing, the next yeah okay stage of I divinity. Get, metaphorically, I get what he's saying. Yeah, Metaphor- literally, literally, it's like, fucking weird. It <laughs> sounded super literal about it, but it makes a metaphorical sense. Yeah, and like. It's definitely a different thing, but it does remind me of like Crowley's idea of the age of Horus. Uh-huh. You know, the age of the child. And I think I can make another argument that all of these things are pointing towards something maybe infinitely spookier than any of these pricks could have imagined. The internet. Yeah. Like, perhaps if we really want to get, get really wiggity-wackity, AI, and specifically uh, perhaps a possible AI that evolves and gains sentience from within the internet, the ultimate mm-hmm. child of humanity. Oh, it already has. Oh, I'm fucking positive about it yeah 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 yeah. and like but like that what is the internet except all possible human experiences condensed into one thing and then if an operant creative power evolved out of that thing but that's just me being a fucking stoner <laughs> that's even <laughs> creepier than what yeah i don't know yeah yeah, yeah. Um, also i want to know how did he give birth exactly did it come out of his pee or did he have um like a cesarean like how I, did this birth take place did i like to imagine maybe uh, david crawled out of his mouth i was gonna say poop baby poop baby i don't know yeah i i don't know i think it was a dream it was a, it was it was a dreamy dreamy thing all right i yeah. just i would like to know more about that but i understand i don't think I'll, <laughs> I, understand. I may never find out you may never you might I mean, he says we're all gonna find out oh good okay he says that's god's promise is that we're all gonna have that well, experience please that. let me know when you give birth to david tell me what like are the mechanics of that sure okay yeah if i if i have a kid before you do i'll try to explain how it, how it happened <laughs> how are babies made <laughs> i'm only two inches tall i don't know anything <laughs> so that's a basic, basic ass overview of Neville Goddard. Okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, he has a ton of shit online if you're interested in like yeah. hearing more from the dude. No, yeah. I already opened up the sacred text new thought 
section to like start looking into some of the stuff from this time period. Yeah, it's um, some wacky shit. Yeah, it really is. But I wanted to tell the story of the one time I tried to put Neville's, Neville's techniques to the extreme test, as he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, and extreme. It's extreme. Extreme conjuring. Extreme <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so this is, and it's kind of like, cause this is the only clear cut example of any time, like any fucking spooky bullshit, creating a tangible result. This is the money shot. This is the time I conjured a beer out of thin air. Yes. Yep. It was yes. a beer. It wasn't money, love, success, a fast car or anything like that. It was a fucking beer. Should have conjured something a little better, but. It's me. Yeah. Of course that was it. Cause I'm such a fucking asshole. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So when I first heard about this dude, I heard him say, put it to the extreme test. I was like, fuck you. Yeah, I will. Let me try. And, uh, it was a couple years ago. It was winter. I was, uh, in between apartments and I was staying with my parents' house. I was staying at my parents' house and growing up, my dad loved beer. He always had a six pack of really good beer in the fridge. Right. And for a long time, like up until this point, uh, he had stopped drinking beer because he gave him really bad heartburn. So now, whereas there used to be always at least one very good beer in the fridge, mm-hmm. there was now none. No beer. Oh, ever. no. He drank wine instead. Yeah. Like never. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why that didn't give him fucking heartburn, but. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, wine right. is worse for I think for it was the heartburn. carbonation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. But yeah, so that's just to say that there was no beer in the house. It is thundering like a mother bitch. Yeah, it's raining good too. Have fun walking this stuff out there. Oh, uh, uh, it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a Sunday. I had band practice that day, and I was I was listening to some Neville Goddard lecture. And I was like, all right, I'll fucking test this shit out. What's something simple? You know, what can I easily get a thing for? What, but what would I actually really want? I really would like a nice beer. It's a great thing to have. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, there's a route of, you know, a means of manifestation. I'm going to band practice. The boys might have a beer, you know? It's true. So I, you know, put on some binaural beats, some theta waves. Yeah. Took me a little almost nap. And I just played out the scene of imagining what it would feel like to drink a yeah. warm Belgian beer. Warm. Yeah, because I didn't want to push it too hard. Yeah. We didn't have a fridge at the, at okay. the practice spot. All right. So, so like, you're I settling. Yeah. the practice spot uh you know walls and stuff and you know just visualized in with every sense i could the feeling of of a tasty ass belgian beer and also like belgian beer is supposed to be kind of drank warm Mm -hmm. and i just imagined it fully over and over and over again for about like 15 or 20 minutes just playing the scene over and over again and when i got up from uh, that little that little conjuring nap it was snowing and it started snowing like really hard real fast Uh uh-huh within like a half hour it was clear that we weren't having practice Right. Like the boys called oh, it off and shit. shit. Right. So. Uh, Are you going to get that Belgian beer, that sweet BB? Well, yeah. The thing is like, uh, I went downstairs and, you know, my dad was, hey, and I was like, oh, you got practice today? I'm like, nah, I got canceled because of the snow going, uh, I got to go run to the gas station or something though. I'll be back. He's like, all right, cool. And so I went and came back like a half hour later and, uh, my dad was like, oh, hey, I uh, got something in the fridge for you. And I'm like, well, what is it? He's like, oh, my friend came over and uh, he he got this uh, the special the special beer from the world's oldest uh, brewery in Belgium, and I can't drink it anymore. But he wanted to wanted oh, to give shit. me some anyway, and oh so it's, it's in the fridge. And uh, that's so lucky. And 
It's it's not cold yet because he literally just left. There's your warm Belgian beer. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, like that actually um, happened. Yeah. And it's kind of improbable, like, but not out of the realm of mm-hmm. possibility, well, right? Well, thanks, Mister Goddard. For or that. yeah, or th- thanks, thanks, Dad, for driving me insane. Uh huh. You know? <laughs> but yeah, so fuck it. Like, at, at least I got myself a beer with it. And you know what? On a Sunday. A snowstorm after liquor stores are closed. What the fuck more can you ask for from Truly. a spiritual guru than a fucking good beer? Good point. <laughs> good fucking point. Damn. It is fucking lightning like a bastard out there. Is it scary? It's all, I mean, it's it's not not scary, I don't think. I'm scared. You're scared? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm okay. Coco's fine. Uh, Coco's all loafed up. She's actually, like, being quiet and just sitting there all loafed up. She is oh, all yeah. loafed up. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. She's the baby girl. So, yeah. Um, that's that's Neville Goddard. It's, what about, what's the promise? That's the promise, the David shit. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Do I have to keep the promise? No, no. God keeps the promise. Okay. I want the promise aborted. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Fuck yeah. Okay. That's good. But but yeah, so one of the things that's interesting, like reading about this dude, listening to this dude, I've got my own problems with the philosophy and like. Yo, I don't know if I actually conjured a beer. This is that's this is entertainment. It's fun to think it's that you did. It's fun to though. think that I did. It's fun to think we're two feet tall. It's yes. It's fun. Two inches, like two feet. Sorry, it's huge. <laughs> but I don't know. I think his philosophy is pretty. I think he's a cool dude. I think he's, at the end of the day, I think he's a bad dude. I, I agree. Like him. Um, but now, if you look at like where people have taken this shit in modern life and society, specifically the internet, mm-hmm. it's weird, man. It's weird. Like yeah. a lot of people that are like seriously deluding themselves and like really not getting on with their lives. Mm-hmm. And people who can't really, if it, if the ideas were true, who can't really do the techniques. Um, the occultists, anyone can. Anyone. Well, here's the thing. So the famous occultist Israel Regardi, and if you don't know who Regardi was, Neville Regardi, Godardi. Neville Godardi. <laughs> 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 okay. So stupid. <laughs> so, Israel Regardi was Alistair Crowley's secretary. He was a like occult thinker and a very good one in his own right. He was the guy who kind of merged um, Western occultism with Jungian psychoanalysis. He was the guy that kind of kind of did that. Um, he was also kind of legendarily a. Uh, not a son of a bitch. He was awesome, but he he made a lot of enemies in the occult scene because he's the dude who like leaked the Golden Dawn textbook, mm-hmm. that big ass motherfucker that I have on my my bookshelf. Ah, yeah. Yes. He just that's all the Golden Dawn rituals. He just published those bastards, and the Golden Dawn hated him for it because they weren't supposed to do that. And he's yeah, like, it's supposed to be secret knowledge. It's secret knowledge. Mm, it's like, you're supposed to pay for that. Make it, give it to the people. Yeah, and he like. You know, uh, Dion Fortune, who wrote like the mystical uh, Kabbalah and who is uh, a known racist. Uh, she. Uh oh. No, I, I'm not, not getting into it. Just that we don't know which race. I don't know. She did. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to press it. I know. It's a good excuse. I'm glad I got to. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to press it once. We did get an oy vey button. A literal sound. Yeah. Okay. We imagined it. We imagined <laughs> we got it, it. And then we it was gifted. Yes. We actually did, though. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it's incredible. This is incredible. Yeah. It's a literal button that you press and it says oy vey. Yeah. And that's literally what we imagined. Okay. How the fuck did that happen? My mom found it in our house. It's crazy. That's fucked up. Okay. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Continue on. Uh, so Dion Fortune wanted to meet with Israel Regardi, um, and because she wanted to meet with all these other occult, and Israel Regardi basically said, like, I don't want to hang out with racists. Mm-hmm. He was basically just like, fuck off. I don't want to meet with you. I think you're a bad person. <laughs> and so he, like, but the point is Regardi was discerning as an, as an occultist. He didn't, he fell for some bullshit, but he didn't fall for all bullshit. And he wrote a book i believe it was called the romance of metaphysics about like new thought and shit and like kind of the propagation of these philosophies yeah he interviewed neville for it <clears throat> and he wrote a chapter about neville and he, and he then wrote an introduction to a book of neville's works and regardi's take on neville is really very interesting i'm not going to read it because he was a just yeah. even more verbose than neville was it's oh, like regardi's man. hard to read dude he's not easy to read yeah his assessment of Neville was that he knew his shit. Like he had like one of the best like intuitive grasps on the mystic traditions that Regardi had ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like he was like, th- like who knows if Abdul was real or not? Like, does it matter? It doesn't matter. Like, because mm-hmm. this dude knew something like, yep. um, but Regardi's critique of Neville was that Neville didn't understand that for most people, it's not that easy to play make-believe. It's not that easy to visualize being an entirely different person, being in, a, in an entirely different situation. Yeah. Neville was a dancer, an actor. Right. So that right? comes like, naturally. That was yeah. what he did, you know, and his, his, he just treated life like a dance, you know, and he would just dance with it and make it something else. And Ricardo was like, yeah, like not everybody can do that. It's mm-hmm. just not a thing you can do. It's just not a thing everybody can do, and that's why there are all these other ways of achieving the same thing. And then he also goes on to say, like, you know, essentially, like, no, you know, that's not saying anything about the truth of his cosmology. Like, he's yeah. he's just another one of us that touched a thing, you know? Right. Just another person that walked down one of the many roads yeah. to the same destination yeah, exactly. as the rest. And, yeah, I, th- I just kind of think it's too bad that, like, as much as Neville is remembered now, he's remembered in, in kind of the... He's remembered for what he he can get you, not like uh, as an example of a beautiful romantic life or even looking at his deeper philosophies and stuff. Although people do, right? Um, He's probably just like oh, the law of attraction guy to a lot of exactly, exactly. When he was actually one of the weirdest American uh, mystic philosophers who's ever lived. Yeah, he sounds really cool. I didn't know that much about him. Yeah, I just knew of him, and that's about it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that is a very brief overview of Neville Goddard. Mm-hmm. We will be Neville Goddardy. Neville Goddardy. Uh, thank you guys again so much for listening. Uh, we love you. Rate and review us. Give us five stars on iTunes. It makes a huge fucking difference, um, and we really, really appreciate it. Oh yeah, and follow us on the good old Instagram at the Nonsense yeah. Bazaar. We got Facebook. We got Twitter. We- yeah, we definitely post on Instagram more than the others. We're still not that great about the social media yeah. shit, but. We're getting you, the hang of you're it. You're making some goddamn great graphics I'm and very doing funny. It. You're doing some good shit. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, baby. All, All right. right.